And welcome back, everybody. Episode 60 of Rounding Third of the Baseball Podcast. Less than one month until the MLB playoffs started in the expanded six-team league playoffs. Um, Super excited. Today, we're just going to touch on the things happening around the league. Judges race to 61. Alberts race to 700. The tight races in the AL Central and L East. Also, we'll check in on our teams as they just seem to be coasting right to the playoffs. Um, but we'll get into it. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. James, we're back again. Episode 60, 60 episodes in. That's pretty good. Um, I'll just throw it to you. I mean, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, look, this is kind of that part of the baseball season that, honestly, it's if there's any part that's kind of a downturn or disappointing, I preface this. There's a whole conversation to be had around it, but this is kind of where baseball can lag a bit. Obviously, you have tonight, Thursday, September 8th, the very first NFL game that really matters college football really got ramped up last week so baseball starting to kind of gleam and you're in that spot where you're so close to super meaningful baseball and in some cases it still is going on you talked about the NL East the AL Central where we have great races great wild card races as well Uh, but for teams like myself with the Dodgers you with the Cardinals you're sort of just waiting you're like these games don't particularly matter Um, you know we got to get through them get to late October when the big dance happens, the fall classic. So Max, kind of what, what's your take? How do you feel about this time of baseball where it just lags a little bit? Yeah. I mean, a couple of things. I think it's very subjective for us right now, especially you with the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers are just coasting to the end here. The Cardinals at the same time, like, yeah, they've got the division locked up. They're running away with it, but they've got a lot to play for. Goldie's closing in on the triple crown it's Yachty and Albert's final season. Albert's five shy of 700 and one shy of A-Rod at 696. So there's a lot to, you know, watch in these games and enjoy from these games. Um, and also, you know, I live in Cleveland. I watch all the Guardians games. These games for them are so meaningful and so important that I've got my eyes glued on every single game they're playing. So it's just kind of circumstantial, I think, you know, our our position here where our teams are just coasting in. I mean, the Dodgers pretty much have the one seat on lock and the Cardinals, it seems like they have the third seat on lock. They could make a push for the two, but it's unlikely at this point. So again, I think it's circumstantial, but there's lots of great baseball going around. And I know we'll talk about the NL East and AL Central, which I'm pumped to talk about. Yeah, no, I think there's certainly things to tune in for and certainly great races. One of those being, as we mentioned, Aaron Judge, um, who obviously has had a monster, monster season since we kicked off here. Definitely on home run watch. He's at 55 as of yesterday. Um, So, again, he's closing in on the American League record um, for home runs. I obviously think he's a little bit outside the window of passing Bonds at 73. Uh, I think that window's kind of closed on him, but still – what a nut season. And and if you want to talk about a player going, you know, hey, let's not sign anything. Let's use this season as a barometer. You know, I mean, this is 
maybe the best bet ever taken in sports, a player on themselves. I mean, the Yankees are going to have to slide him a blank check, I got to believe. I don't think the Yankees can watch Aaron Judge go to another team after this season. Yeah, I mean, he's he's having a historic season by all standards. I mean, he's batting over 300 and still hitting 55 home runs. He's not some just hit for power kind of two outcome guy. Um, I mean, 55 home runs in 137 games. He's averaging two and a half uh, or one home run every two and a half games. So he needs about one home run every four games, I think, to tie Roger Maris's record at 61. I think he gets there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, though. I mean, the pressure's obviously going to mount. I don't think it'll get to him, but like, you know, you're you're approaching a huge, huge record, and but he's six away. I mean, it seems like every day you see him hit another one. Uh, do you think he gets it? I think he. I think he'll clear it. I think he gets to sixty three. Yeah, the other thing with Judge is like he's such a like once the floodgates open, like he can easily go for four or five homers in a weekend series. Um, so I look for for something like that to happen. You know, there's there's kind of this conversation going on in the baseball sphere, especially on Twitter, Max, of the American League MVP. This is one of the best races I've ever seen. I know last year we thought the same thing between Shohei and Vlad Jr. I mean, but this one is nuts because you look at Aaron Judge, even though the Yankees have faltered some, they're having a great year by any metric. Aaron Judge is having one of the most incredible hitting seasons in baseball history. Then you look at Shohei Otani, a guy who is blasted now 32 bombs on the season and is under a three ERA. He leads the angels and whip ERA wins average um, home runs RBI. Like literally if there's a stat that is not a defensive fielding stat, Shohei Otani leads in it, which it's mental. It's like, it, it almost leads Max. And I'm interested to see your take do we almost need two awards? Because I don't see how there's anyone more valuable than Shohei Otani. If you're just looking at a baseball perspective, he's one of the best starting pitchers in the game, one of the best hitters in the game. But you have Aaron Judge, who is the best player on a great team. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a huge debate here. It seems like everybody on Twitter, you have like your side and you will die on your side. I picked Otani to win the MVP preseason. I'm leaning towards Judge now. I just think Judge has to be the MVP. I did see what you were saying. You know, if you go on ESPN, it shows the leader in all statistical categories. And Otani leads all the batting ones and all the pitching ones. But the Angels are terrible. So it's like they, they don't really have other pitchers. And that's not to discredit what Otani's doing. He's having a tremendous pitching season by all metrics. But... I just think it has to go to Judge. And if you look at his wins above replacement, Judge leads Otani, who's in second place, and then Goldie, Arenado, uh, Sandy from there. I just think it's got to be Judge. You know, he's going to break an all-time record. His team is has been great all year and is going to get a bye in the first round in the playoffs where Otani's kind of on the outside looking in, as the Angels have been for a while now. Now, you can't put that all on him, but... Judges, I, I just think it has to be judged. What he's doing, it can't be outmatched. And that that's not to discredit Otani in any way. Any team would die to have Otani, but it's got to be judged for me. Yeah, and, you know, I do want to just add, I also would vote judge right now if I had a vote, which I think we should. We've seen from the Hall of Fame that these baseball journalists don't really know what they're talking about. So I think our <laughs> vote says good. I would 
lean to judge. It's just so impossible. You realize, okay, this is now the second straight year Otani's played at this level. It's hard to beat the guy. I mean, even this year where Judge has done everything, and like you said, he probably gets the nod. He had one of the he'll have one of the best hitting seasons ever, a record breaking American League season. And there's still at least a pretty good argument to be made that he's not MVP. It just really is eye opening to how special Shohei Otani is. And it just sucks that same with Mike Drought. It just sucks. They had one of those games last night. They both Homer, they lose to the Tigers. I mean it sucks for those guys because you do incredible things. And it's like you said, you have the first team with a bye in the American League East or the fourth best team in the American League West. I mean, it, it's it's tough, but man, what a race. And it's interesting comparing it to last year's race because we talked about how amazing Vladdy was. I mean, his hitting numbers were out of this world last year, and he would have won the AL MVP in pretty much any other season. But Otani was just Otani last year, and he – I. I I'd have to look at the numbers, but I feel like he had a little bit better of a season last year. I mean, he's having an incredible season this year as well. But Otani runs away with this if Judge wasn't there, right? If Judge is at, like, say, 30 home runs, it's Otani by a mile, no question about it. But Judge is just doing something historic, and his team is playing great if we look at the season holistically. And especially if he breaks his record, I, I love it. I, I got to give it to Judge. On the NL side, though, I mean, Goldie's all but got it locked up. It seems like the one-two placement's going to go Goldie Arenado, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's – it's hardly worth talking about. Like, there's no doubt to me on the NL side. It's if if you've been watching baseball at all this year, you know, goldschmidt has been on fire. He's He's having a career year of a career that is borderline Hall of Fame. So, yeah, yeah I mean, he's he's – He's leading the uh, NL in batting average and RBIs. So for the triple crown, he'd need those and a lead in the home runs. He's one behind Kyle Schwarber. Keep in mind, it's a lot harder to hit a, a home run in Bush than it is in Philadelphia, but that doesn't really matter. But I think he, I mean, I don't want to say I think he gets it, but he's got a really good shot. He's got a really good shot at it. Yeah, no, it it would be awesome. And of course, uh you know, the outside of that infielder, the corners of the St. Louis infield, I think it's the best in baseball. I mean, I, you've you've known the whole time. I'm super high on Nolan Arenado. I think he's a top player in the game, as I think anyone agrees with. That's not really a hot take. Um, so super fun stuff out of the Cardinals. Again, kind of a scary team there. Um, I don't know if you want to get into the playoff races we talked about going on that that are really hot, and you talked about the American League Central, Max. Um, you want to clue us in on the, the Guardians race and what they're looking like? Yeah, th- I mean, this is the race I'm paying attention to the most. I know the NL East race is hot. That one's a little different just because, I mean, the Mets and Braves are both, both making the playoffs. Like, that's locked. Where this, it's like, Right now, the Guardians have a two-game lead as we're recording this over the Twins and White Sox. And both the Twins and the White Sox stand seven and a half games out of the third wildcard spot. So you really have three teams playing for one spot. And what I think is going to make the last month of this season incredible is these teams play each other a bunch to close the season. The Guardians play eight games against the Twins and four games against the White Sox to close it out. Twins play eight games against the Guardians and six games against the White Sox to close it out. So if we go back to the Guardians, that's 27 games 
eight against the Guardian, eight against the Twins, and four against the White Sox. So 12 of their last 27 games are against these teams fighting for it. And it's just going to be a bloodbath. Now, what's interesting is if you look at the last week of the season, the Twins and White Sox play each other in the final series. Obviously going to be a huge series, three-game series, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Chicago, where the Guardians, because of all their crazy rainouts and everything that's happened to them this year, they play six straight games at home against Kansas City to close the season. So if you go into that last week with the Guardians, say, having any type of lead, a one-game, two-game lead, if they can take care of business at home against Kansas City and let the Twins and White Sox kind of beat up on each other a little bit, I think they'll be in the clear. Um, but I've been comparing, and before I throw it to you, James, I've been comparing their these uh, their schedules, all these team schedules, and it's pretty interesting. They have very similar schedules. The Guardians play three in Minnesota this weekend. Then they play come back home, play three against uh LA, the Angels, one against Chicago, a makeup. Then they play five straight against the Twins with a doubleheader on Saturday. White Sox, Rangers, Rays, Royals. Um, and they all have similar schedules. So the Twins will play the Royals a bunch, the Tigers. The biggest thing is the White Sox do have a series in San Diego uh, at the turn of the month, which, you know, a big travel, good playoff team. So that'll be interesting, but they have similar schedules to close it out. Um, but James, I see you cringing me saying the Padres are a good team. They're in the playoffs, but I mean, what do you think about this last month of the season in the central? Yeah. I mean, th- look, this is exactly what you want. And this is why I love that third wild card uh, being in there and, and just having more teams at that stake. Again, you still have Baltimore four and a half games out their windows closing, but as the twins and white Sox beat each other down, that could open a window there. Of course, you still have Toronto in that last spot. Um, so watching it close, and I just love the stakes of it really seems like in the central, it's win the division or bust. I mean, that's how the wild card is looking right now. Um, obviously, you have Tampa Bay and Toronto, and you have that Seattle team, which I just hope they hold on. Um, but I love that environment. And as you mentioned, as long as Cleveland can weather the storm and get to that six-game homestand versus Kansas City, you know, with a one game lead, as you said, all things go well. Now it's baseball could go either way. They could have the lead and blow it to Kansas city, which would be a tragedy. Um, but it's just awesome that you have baseball like that, you know, a reason to lock in and like these games matter so much watching these twins guardians games. And really also it's kind of a blunder on the twins part who up until basically mid August were wire to wire, with the AL Central. Um, now, of course, they never had a massive, massive lead, but looked like they were going to just get it done across the board. Chicago's come back to life. Um, I will also say Chicago without Tony LaRussa, uh, pretty much indefinitely with health concerns. I think that actually benefits them. Not trying to prey on Tony LaRussa. I hope he gets better. Hope everything's okay with them. I just don't think that that's the manager for that team. But it's just going to be some great baseball. Definitely must watch. Um, and of course, I had to cringe when he said San Diego was a great playoff team. They are in the playoffs. You know, I predicted that. It is what it is. But like, again, I'm looking at Dodgers playing this weekend. It's like, oh, sweet. It's a bye weekend. Like, you know, it's like playing JV, JV baseball in high school. 
Yeah, I mean, and and right now the Guardians would host Tampa Bay for three games, and they do host Tampa Bay for a series for three games before the season ends, so that'll be exciting to see. But look, this division's going to be decided by these interleague matchups, right? I mean, they play a ton, almost half of their remaining games against each other. So it's, it's going to all come down to that. I cannot wait for this twin series tomorrow. Apple TV Plus, thank God, because it's blacked out here, so I can actually watch it on my TV. Um, but, I mean, I'm super pumped for this. James, I think we turn to the NL East here. Um, kind of, I mean, this has seemed like a huge thing on Twitter. I mean, everybody's free loving that the Mets have got caught. Everybody loves the Braves. And I'm kind of with them. I love the Braves. I like the way the teams run. I like some of their players. Um, I'm rooting for them to win the division. Right now, after the Mets... They lost solely to the division. It was tied. Then they won a doubleheader in Pittsburgh. So now they have a half-game lead. Uh, So, you know, they have a half-game lead going into the final month of the season. Where do you kind of stand on these two teams? What are you rooting for here? I mean, I'll be honest. I'm pretty indifferent because I don't care because they're both great teams and they're both going to the playoffs. Um, So I see the fun. You know, it's always great to win your division. That should be the goal. Um, I'm excited that we have this race. You know, another thing to kind of stay engaged with. Um, You know, I guess personally of the two, I would prefer the Mets to win. Um, But I don't think it really matters. My big thing right now is there's some, uh, I don't know if I'd call beat writer, but some Atlanta personality on Twitter, uh, Braves fan who was saying some appalling things about Jack Flaherty and, the Cardinals and, you know, coming off that, he then also had just a ridiculous take where he said the Dodgers have a $300 million payroll and they're mediocre, which is wrong on both fronts. It's $266 million and they're on pace to be one of the best teams of all time. It's not really mediocre. So on that alone, I'm all in on the Mets to win because I'm a very petty person. But, I mean, whatever. When the Braves didn't win the division, they won a World Series. So it may be better for them to stay in that that wild card position. Um, we'll see. I mean, DeGrom is on the IL, but he said it's not a serious injury. Should be back in a week or so. Just some tightness. Um, the stupid I think Scherzer's thing, on the IL too. Which, yeah. I mean, and again, we kind of knew that would happen with this pitching staff. Um, they're great if they're there. I wouldn't even be surprised if they overrest them right now on the IL, just get to the playoffs and get those guys in. As long as you get those guys in the playoffs, that's a hard Mets team to play. It does affect um, one, the Dodgers, though. I mean, whoever doesn't win the division is is basically on a crash course to go to L.A. to open the NLDS. It's a crash course to a loss right in your face. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I guess I would rather play the – I don't know. It's hard to say who you'd rather play. I think with – when the Mets have their full rotation healthy, you just – no one with a sane mind wants to play them. Like, I, of course, right. the Dodgers are a significantly better team than the Mets, but in a matchup when it comes down to pitching game by game, like you, I have no interest in seeing DeGrom or Scherzer twice over seven games. That's not appealing. Um, weird thing, I will say, the biggest thing out of this race is you have the Timmy Trumpet song, Narcos, Edwin Diaz's thing, and I guess um, Contreras on the Braves uses it as a walk-up, so they have this weird duel with the song. But like the Mets, after the Braves got beat by the Nationals, the Mets or no, after the Mets got beat by the Nationals, the Braves were like playing Narcos during a rain delay in the stadium as like a troll job. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like that's, it, 
I just saw it's like such an absurd thing. It's like the PA yeah. guy on a weird power trip. It's like, okay, like in the time, like Diaz blew a save. It's just like, ah, they lost a game in a 162 right. game season time to troll. So that was, yeah. I, I mean, I think the Mets are going to win this division. If you, if you look at the remaining schedule, I mean, the Mets, they play one more series against each other, three games, uh, the penultimate series in Atlanta. Um, but the Mets just have an easier schedule. They play at Miami for three this weekend. Then they have a big homestand with three against the Cubs, four against the Pirates. Then three in Milwaukee, three in Oakland. Then Miami, Atlanta, um, and closing it at home against the Nationals. So Atlanta is the only playoff team they're going to touch for the remainder of their schedule, where Atlanta goes at Seattle this weekend, then at San Francisco, then hosts the Phillies. That's already two playoff teams with the Mariners Phillies. Um, three against the Nationals, and then four in Philadelphia again. So another playoff matchup, and then they'll close it in Miami after the Mets series. So just a lot more teams against playoff, a lot more games against playoff caliber teams for the Braves. So I just think the Mets already having a half-game lead are going to edge it out. That Braves series, you know, maybe the Braves sweep it and they gain three games right there, and that could do it. But I got to give the edge to the Mets here. Yeah, I mean, I think with the schedules, anytime you're playing the NL Central and the name doesn't start with Milwaukee or St. Louis, like that, those are free wins. Now, of course, I'll say Pirates have a winning record versus the Dodgers. Anything can happen. You did mention San Francisco as a playoff team, so I'm going to take this quick moment to dance on no. the grave <laughs> and celebrate the fact that they are officially eliminated from the postseason. I said it last year, enjoy your one lucky franchise year to win the NL West title first time in the decade wasn't going to happen again here we are they're eliminated they're 29 games back of the dodgers san francisco they have the same Giants. record as arizona <laughs> just fra- i mean they're frauds gigantic frauds i knew it knew it last year i really i truly hope they enjoyed their one franchise year where they just won the title by one game to then get beat by the dodgers in the postseason let's not forget that what a moment giants uh i, I mean the nl west max like i want petition for real teams because the way i see it this is the Los Angeles Dodgers and Arizona Diamondbacks division, and then just people hanging out. That's the way I see it. Um, and until I'm informed otherwise, I don't know. It's just boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I know what you're saying they have a 19 game lead, but at the same time, like not many teams are 94 and 42. Like it's hard to have a competitive division when you're like that. Like the Braves, I mean, excuse me, the Padres are 76 and 62. That would put them three and a half games ahead of the Brewers in the Central, um, and only five games behind the Cardinals. So, like, I think you just got to put it in perspective. Like, they're having a historic season, uh, so you know it's it's hard to really be competitive. Well, the good news, Max, you're over on the Dodgers wins. Uh, seems like a slam dunk. They just have to win six games the rest of the month. I think they will. Dude, that was the easiest that. bet in the world. I mean, odds makers have no clue. Oh, they probably are going to get worse with Freddie Freeman. Like what? Let's let's be realistic. Um, but that's kind of enough dancing on the grave. Still some great games to watch down the stretch, Max. And and I know you mentioned there's still a lot that the Cardinals are playing for. And I don't know if you kind of want to shift into shift into that a little bit and uh, talk about specifically maybe the Albert playoff watch. Which, by the way, J- Jordan Montgomery after last night's game, which you probably should give a recap and start there. He's 7-0 and since being traded to the Cardinals. Nuts. Great trade. 
huge trade for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest question mark for the Cardinals was their rotation, right? Going into the trade deadline, kind of all season, they were losing Flaherty, and they just kind of had some weird pieces. Steven Matz has been out all year. Um, obviously, their offense has been insanely productive. They have the best defense in baseball and the top two MVP candidates. But now with Jordan Montgomery, Quintana, who hasn't given up more than two earned runs since he's been a Cardinal, you got Flaherty back, Michaelis, Wayno. They've got a lot of arms ready to go uh, come postseason, which is great. But yeah, last night, Jordan Montgomery pitches pretty solid. Cardinals, though, uh, go down. I, th- where were they? I think it was down four to one or five to one going into uh, the ninth inning. Uh, no team so far this season has overcome a four run deficit going into the ninth inning. Um, and yeah, it was five one. They were down going into the ninth. And I mean, they just pulled off some magic. I mean, they, they never lost any doubt. Um, and they had the top of the lineup pretty much. Donovan singled, Goldie walked, Arenado hit a ground roll double, deep one, deep one, obviously. Dickerson grounded out, O'Neill walked, Molina singled. Also, Molina, by the way, hit. Well, I mean, I don't want to touch on the game today because it was bad. But Yachty hit two bombs today. He's had two all season, but hit two today. That was pretty sick. Uh, and then Edmund with the walk-off double over the left fielder's head. Cardinals with an insane comeback win against Washington. Um, and then coming into today, uh, excuse me, Yachty and Wayno tie the all-time record for starts as a battery with 324 starts. Um, this is just a record that I don't think is going to be touched to play for as long as they have like 18 or so years by themselves would be a tremendous accomplishment, but to do it together and have all those starts together is just remarkable. It's really remarkable. So it was great seeing them uh, get that done today. It was a tough game. We ended up losing Yachty hit two bombs though, which is great. Wayno pitched. Okay. Gave up a lot of hits, Um, but yeah, Cardinals are rolling. I think the biggest thing everybody's paying attention to is obviously Albert who is now at 695 home runs after what is probably my favorite home run of his this season. He hit it uh, last weekend, I think. Just insane. Ripped it over left field. Go ahead, two-run pinch hit home run. Um, Way over the bullpen. It was just tremendous. I mean, he was freaking out. The bench immediately jumped up. It was just a special, special moment. And now he's one behind the juicer A-Rod and five behind 700 it's gonna be it's gonna be tight i'm I'm still questioning if he'll get there but uh, he's got a chance is it almost more and this may be such a dumb question but it's just where my mind jumps to is it almost worse feeling because like up until about after the trade deadline it was like he's no shot he's way too far out is it almost worse if he ends at 699 or 698 and was like was like literally a series away than if it's just like, ah, he just didn't have it and he's 10 away. Like knowing he, like he is a one pitching mistake short of the record. Like that would be brutal. I don't think so. I just think more the better, no matter what, especially if it gets to 697 and that would put him fourth all time on the list, right? It's not like 700 is the next milestone. I think passing A-Rod would be a huge step. Puts him at fourth all time in the history of the game. So yeah, but like you said, he was, 
I mean, it seemed out of reach before the deadline, pretty much. It was like I crossed it off. There was no shot of it. Then he went on this tear in August or or July, hit seven home runs in 12 games, and now he's on the brink. I mean, he's got a chance. He's got a chance. And if you've learned anything from this season, it's that you can't count him out. So I think he'll get there, but it'll be close. He, he's going to need a bomb this weekend, I'm feeling it, just to keep the pace, keep things loose. Um, and, I, and I think the good news is with the – the lead that the Cardinals have in the division, of course, nothing's guaranteed, but sitting at, I think, eight and a half games up right now. After today, maybe um, just eight. But I think it's eight, yeah. Yeah, enough of a lead that, like, you can shift. A, when we're getting down to those last 10 games, you can shift a couple starts to Pujol's way, get him the full at-bats and not just a pinch hit. So we'll see. He's also I mean, hitting this, extremely well anyway. Th- this could be a crazy circumstance in which you get some magic in game 162, 161, and that would be – I mean, if, if you're thinking if he's one home run sh- short on game 162 and he gets the start, how are you not tuning in? I mean, you got to call off work. you got to, like, where were you for that game? That's one of the – it's like the Miguel Cabrera hit 299 where it's like you, ju- you have to be watching every at-bat. I'm, you know yeah. I'm cheering for it. I'm a huge Pujols guy. He's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and he'll have a lot of chances to do it. I mean, we've got five games against Cincinnati. Uh, this, uh, not this. Well, we're going to Pittsburgh for three, then five against Cincinnati, then a huge West Coast road trip with Padres and Dodgers. But then we close the series with six. Close the season with six straight against Pittsburgh, three at home, three away. So you know, it's not going to be the best pitching. Might throw him some meatballs and. I mean, he could, he, if he goes into that final six-game stretch at like six ninety-eight, you know, you gotta just—I mean, he's gonna—he's gonna be swinging for the fences every time he's up. Yeah, I mean, I'll, if you want, I'll go ahead and call Dave Roberts and have him dial up a little sixty-five mile an hour just meatball, just one, only one against the Dodgers, but we'll give him one uh, for his service last year. What a player! I mean, what a career! Super excited to watch that play out and got with Judge and him now couple little home run races it's not quite the uh the summer but um you know speaking of the dodgers though let's let's turn to your team i mean got some got some uh i mean they've been just beating up on san francisco as usual your boy max muncie just really picked it up come out come playoff time when he shines yeah i mean you know and just to continue dancing on their grave which is absolutely one of the most fun things to ever do max muncie has to be at this point at least a 25% owner of the san francisco giants when he plays the giants he is a top 5 player in baseball no question he just beats them up regularly my favorite play of his whole career was when he smashed a ball into the cove and was telling madison bumgarner who was mad that he was watching it just said well go pick it up go get it out of the ocean arguably the funniest moment in baseball um and he's killed it. He's been just brutalized them all week. Um, he's definitely picking it up. And that's a huge piece for the Dodgers. If you have him hitting when you, he can come in at the six, seven hole and hit at a 300 clip with his incredible eye and on base percentage and his power, it's a dangerous weapon. So happy to see him active. And that kind of leads me into another discussion because the season has really revolved around why everything's been clicking. It's like what's happening with Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie, and can they fix Joey Gallo? Gallo slumping a bit. We'll see. The interesting thing to me is Cody Bellinger, obviously a player I love. You know, we've talked about in the past. Should he start? It's kind of an ongoing conversation. He's got great defense, clutch hitting. 
but the dude is just stubborn. So it's been coming out a little bit more that he essentially is just not listening to hitting coaches. Cause if you watch him hit, he just completely stands upright in the box and they continue to tell him to stop doing that. And he's not switching. You know, it's one of those where it's like, I, I love Bellinger, love all the intangibles and I miss MVP Bellinger, but it's like at a certain point you have to be more loyal to the team than to a player and that's why I think at this point it's time. I think Trace Thompson should start in center field for the Dodgers come playoffs. He's had one of the best OPS in baseball since they picked him up. And I will note for cash considerations, just another wizard trade out of the Dodgers front office. Um, but he's a menace. He has near the same defense, not as good, but pretty similar. He's hitting the ball. He's seeing the ball, big moments, you know, Sunday night baseball player of the game with his pinch. Uh, pinch it, three run blast. I think you got to pin him in and just and just go okay and you know work belly as a pinch hitter, pitch runner, and see. But it's now been two full seasons, and it's clear like we're never going to see 2019 Bellinger again. Sad for baseball. Good that the Dodgers didn't sign into one of these massive deals. Um, but that's what, what I was going to ask: Is MVP belly? Is I mean, is is he done? Is it gone? I, th- you know, and I was one that, like I said, I, now my NL MVP pick, Chris Bryant is not even playing baseball, but it would have been Chris Bryant or belly for arguably the biggest toss up of worst picks ever. It's done. I mean, at this <laughs> point, it's been, it's been near 300 games that Cody Bellinger has been a sub 200 hitter. That's like, not like slump. And the fact that he's not listening to his hitting coaches and the Dodgers are terrific hitting coaches. I mean, all they do is save batters. They trade for cash considerations and they make batters great. Look at Max Muncy, look at Justin Turner, look at Chris Taylor. And he's just not not changing enough. And it sucks because he's awesome. I would love for him to be the go-to, but it's like where I'm at. I think next season, James Altman needs to take over as the center fielder for the Dodgers and finish this season with Trace Thompson and until Bellinger makes you play him. And he's yet to do that in two full seasons. And it's tough because it's like, like what can you trade him for i mean you could get something but his value is not there anymore i mean at one point he was the the best player in baseball and now he's still young too i mean it was his rookie season in like 2018 or something and then he won mvp in 2019 and he's just i mean he just hasn't been the same it's basically the only way that the dodgers can keep him around would be if he just continues to agree to minimal contracts and it's like well yeah we'll you know we'll pay you a relatively low amount to have you on the roster and play you in some games but he's just he's clearly not the long-term solution which sucks because i love him he's when he's on fire he's one of the most electric players in baseball i'll still say though if they're playing the braves he needs to slot in something against cody bellinger against the braves is just one of the most deadly things on earth um so we'll see but that that's kind of the update there max muncie obviously dancing all over San Francisco. Uh, and that's really the Dodgers update as they they look to win their their division, which they I believe they will get it done this week in San Diego. Um, but we'll see. NL West crown rightfully coming back. Pretty exciting. Well, let's go to lock the week, James. Um, we both took an L uh, last week, I think. I had Flaherty's start. I had the team minus one and a half that day. I think that was Monday against the Nationals. Could not get it done. You had the Orioles in the series, which was also pretty much 
finished that day because they played a doubleheader and lost both. Um, so, it's you know, brutal. not looking good on that front. Um, I've lost four straight, Max. I'm down bad. It's I've, I forgot what it's like to just lose. Um, definitely a slump we're not happy about. I loved it. I mean, plus 360 on that. I thought Baltimore was going to answer the bell. They did exactly the opposite of that. Um, but in the meantime, I'm also already ready to crown Adley Rushman as the next great MLB catcher. That dude is such a stud. Um, can't wait to see what they sign him to long term. Switching and catcher, what a just such a hack. But lock of the week, Max. I don't know if you want me to hop right into mine. Go ahead. This one, it's kind of a homer pick. It It is a homer pick. It just felt right. I've talked about it. L.A. can win the National League West outright in San Diego with a sweep of the Padres. Um, that will get it done. And I have every intention of watching the Los Angeles Dodgers march into Petco Park and sit there and collect all of the tears of the sad Padres fans as they realize their team just got swept again by L.A. at home for the division crown that they continue to think that they're competing for, that there's a rivalry. There's nothing there. Dodgers get the sweep. That is my lock. Sunday afternoon, we will be collecting tears and hoisting an NL West crown again for the 10th time in 11 years. Classic. I like it. I mean, you got to go home or pick sometime. I, I, I've been trying to avoid it this week because I feel like I always bet cards or guards. Um, but I, I'm going to go with a fun series this weekend that I think both teams are playing for something. The Mariners-Braves series. In Seattle, I'm going with the Saturday night game. Max Freed versus um, George Kirby. In Seattle, I like the Braves in this one. I think the odds might be pretty decent. I mean, I know the the Braves have the pitching matchup, but it's in Seattle. So I I think the odds might be, uh, you know, a little more towards even. I think the Braves will be favored. But I, I like Atlanta to go in there and get it done. I think they're playing for a little bit more. Um, well, who knows? I mean, they're, they're both pretty much in the playoffs. I think the Mariners are going to be in the playoffs for sure. They've got quite a gap now and the Braves are, you know, in that race in the NL East that we talked about. So I like the Braves Saturday night in Seattle to get the job done. I like the pick. I think they definitely have the edge there. What do you think on the weekend? Do you think the Braves win the weekend? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it'll be tough because they'll have some the Mariners will have their their aces going because they have lots of good starting pitchers but I, I I am leaning towards Atlanta I just think they're the better team we'll see exciting uh playoff matchup preview I don't think that will be the World Series um but we'll see I I hope I I just really hope Seattle makes the playoffs that would be so awesome they will. fan base they will. yeah i mean they're they're on pace it would take a catastrophe for it to happen but never count out seattle let's talk about this terrible sunday night baseball game that we got this week that i will not be watching um <laughs> it's egregious. Hey, I, i'm not i'm not the biggest football fan in the world but you know i gotta watch sunday the first sunday night football but i mean this is this is brutal man we've got the Giants in Wrigley playing the Cubs, two sub-500 teams, non-playoff teams. The Giants don't even have their starting pitcher lined up. The 
the Cubs are going um, Wade Miley, who's been out all season, made one start uh, two days ago, his first start since like May. I mean, like, I just don't even really care about this game. It's so unimportant. It'll be fun to watch a game. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but a late night game at Wrigley. But no star power, no good teams. You feel the same way? Yeah, you know, the two schools of thought would be they either could have tried to do a big game and compete with the NFL on the Sunday night numbers or maybe what they did go with, which is just like punt this game. Like no one's going to be watching, but it's like, that's what it is. I mean, you look at the matchup and you just wince. Like, it's like, oh, what's the Sunday night game this week? You pull that up and it's like, oh, that's a, that's about as unappealing of a matchup as you could possibly have, um, which is and there funny are other good games on the calendar. I mean, you even mentioned Atlanta, Seattle would be worth the watch. You could uh, have the guard series up there, even LA, San Diego, which I don't think they should do again. They have done, but again, there's more star power in that matchup. It just Rays, like, Yankees. Like, who's who is clicking in to watch this? It would be what <laughs> Cubs and Giants fans, who obviously Giants fans, very fair weather, very fake. Like, haven't heard a peep out of them since they went under twenty games back. Cubs fans, like. God love them. They had the 108-year curse, won once, and then blew up the team three years later and just, again, not playing baseball for the next 100 years. Who wants Who do to you watch like? this? Who do I like <laughs> to win this game? Oh, Lord. Whoever I mean, you take, I'll take the other team. Because I really have no opinion. Like, this is a coin toss for me. I mean, oh. I'm gonna pick Giants the are probably a little bit better, but it's in Wrigley. I don't know. I think I think the Giants are better, but I'm gonna take the Cubs. Gonna say that they the fans still pack it up, they get it done. I I think Wade Miley may bring a little sauce, just trying to show that he's still an arm and should be on an MLB team next year. And I'm not picking the Giants to do anything outside of lose. Um, so that's where Fair I'm enough. at. I, I'll take Giants then. I think if I had to place my money, I'd probably pick Chicago, but it's too close. I like, I'll like. i take the Giants. I do have Still, my Wrigley you know, shirt on, so go Cubs. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Maybe Wade Miley will throw another no-hitter. but that See, that would actually be worth what The problem with no-hitters, you could get just like the uh, Dylan Cease blue one, which, by the way, that happened this week. Had the no-hitter through eight innings and two, two uh, outs. So just needed one more out. Uh, lost a no-hitter, and that's I was talking with someone, and that's the thing with no-hitters. They basically suck to be at up until you get to, like, the seventh inning, and you're like, oh, this may really happen, and then still statistically the chances that you're just going to be at a very boring two-hit game is very high compared to no-hitter. But if you're there, like, that's an incredible moment. So we'll, I guess that's best possible outcome out of this is Wade Miley throws a no-hitter. Not likely, but that would be the only thing that makes this game worth watching. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, James, 60 episodes, you know, another semi-milestone. It was a good yeah. recording. We'll be back next, next week. Next week, we uh, tie Roger Maris. There you go. Write it down. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>